Hey, this is Jerry Aiken, pastor at Pierce Chapel in Columbus, Georgia. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, wherever you may be. I hope that you find the word presented here engaging, informative, and challenging in your walk with Christ. Please check us out online at piercechapel.com. The scripture I'll be reading this morning comes from 2 Corinthians And it's chapter 6, verse 14 through chapter 7, verse 1. It says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. My grandfather, this would be my father's father, um, was a plumber by trade, uh, always working with his hands. And when he had an off day, he would spend his weekends doing projects around the house. He had a very, very strong work ethic. And after he retired, he continued to find projects to do constantly. He had a, uh, a shop that he built himself uh, down the hill from his house, and he would utilize that shop to do woodwork and and all sorts of other little projects. But he was always, always doing something, always working on something. And uh, this work ethic was was passed on uh, so that my dad uh, also had projects going on the whole time I was growing up. So Saturday morning for me was very different than what a lot of kids probably experience. Uh, Some people think of Saturday as a time to to sleep in a little bit, get a little bit of uh, cartoon watching in, maybe eat some cereal. And I got to do uh, uh, that a little bit. But my dad, there was a certain point in the day where my dad would would tell me that Saturday was, was work day. We, we had stuff to do. And so there were all these projects we were working on. Some of those projects I hated. Like, uh, like there was, I feel like this project went on for years. I don't know how long we actually spent doing it, but we repaired the roof on our house. And I remember being up there in the heat, middle of the day, standing on these black shingles, just absorbing all these heat, all this heat, and it was just miserable. But then there were other projects that I enjoyed uh, because it was of some benefit to me, I guess. One of these was building a tree house. And my dad was not one to just slap some boards up there on some trees and say, there's a tree house. He was going to do it right. 
And I remember that when we were building it, there was one point where he, he decided to, to put the ladder there. And in order to get the ladder exactly straight, he dropped a plumb line. Now, do you know what a plumb line is? Most of you do. Uh, this is a plumb line right here. It's a string with a weight attached to the bottom of it. And when you drop it, it tells you what exactly up and down is. There's no angle to it whatsoever. The gravity pulls it perfectly straight. So then you're able to build exactly along that line. Otherwise, it would be like what I showed the kids drawing the church. We would be building something with all these squiggly lines and it would just be chaos. But the plumb line gives you something to build by to make sure that everything is true, that everything is straight. Now, we've been uh, in this series for a few weeks now, this series about aiming for holiness. And what we're discovering is that the world, the secular culture, the world that is in darkness and the world that is dying has their own version of truths, and it's deceptive. And then we have the Word of God, which is truth. It is the way. It is life given to us, and it shows us how we should live. So what we've been doing is we've been taking a claim that the world gives us and then holding it up to what God says. And we're seeing that there's some pretty big differences. Holiness doesn't mean perfection. It doesn't mean being absolutely perfect and never messing up. Sometimes we think that's what it means. Holiness means being called apart, being set aside for something different. And when the scriptures tell us to be holy or to pursue holiness, what it's saying is be separated from the world. Be separated from the, the godless uh, culture and be something different. And so that's what we're, we're looking at here. And today we're talking about that very thing, the need to separate, because one of the lies that our current culture will peddle is that it doesn't matter what you believe. In fact, this is, uh, this is known as relative truth, and it's being taught in, in colleges and universities, being taught by philosophers, it's being adapted by the culture at large, and it, and it basically says something like this. It doesn't matter what you believe to be true as long as you're sincere in your belief because there is no absolute truth. Now, if you hear that and it sounds ridiculous to you, it's because it is. To say that there's no such thing as truth is a ridiculous statement. But this has gained traction and it has become more and more the 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 deception that the, the worldly culture peddles, that it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere in your belief and you keep it to yourself. Today, we're going to talk about why we have to be sincere in our belief and why we have to see that there is a truth, there is a plumb line to be built on because God is calling us to be something different. God is calling us to not be like the rest of the world, to not just believe anything we feel like believing, to not just do whatever we feel like doing, but instead to look at his promises, to look at his word, his truth, and build our life on it. We have to come apart from the world to do that. We have to separate ourselves. We have to realize that we are called to be different in order to truly do that. And when we do that, some wonderful things happen. First of all, God becomes God. Now, that sounds like a strange thing for me to say. I'm going to say it again. 
When we are able to separate from the world, God truly becomes God. Now, I'm not saying that God isn't himself otherwise. The nature of God will never change. God is is reality. But God is not his name. When we refer to him as God, we are acknowledging that he is above everything else, that he is the source of all things, that he is numero uno, number one in our lives. When we say God, it is a confession that God is top priority. But if we call him God, and then we live with all of these other competing ideas, competing truths, competing allegiances, he's not truly God of our life. So if we're able to separate from the world and recognize that we've been called into holiness, then he becomes God to us. And that's what the scripture says. Paul quotes from this and and he says, uh, if if my people do this, if they recognize that I'm calling them and if, if they follow what I'm calling them, then I will be their God. He's not saying my nature will change. He's just saying I will be first place in their life. And he says, I will make their dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And so we see that by separating, God truly becomes God in our life. But then the byproduct of of that is that we get to experience a new type of blessing. We become God's family. We become God's people. We, we receive and experience his promises and we receive and experience that relationship that he is inviting us into. But we can't experience that relationship until we step into it, until we call him God, until we say the world and all of its deception is something that I want to step away from and I want to step into the truth. I want to build my life along the plumb line because God is my God. And I want to build my life up around that. Now, if you are looking at this passage in your Bible, you might notice that there's this whole section that is maybe indented or maybe it's italicized. And and that's what happens whenever Paul starts quoting something in his letters. And so this whole section here where he says, I will make my dwelling among them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord. And touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you and I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. All of that sounds like it's one quote. Actually, what Paul was doing was he was sampling. He was grabbing a a little bit of this promise from God from Deuteronomy. And he was grabbing a little bit of this one from Ezekiel. And a little bit of this one from 2 Samuel. And he's weaving together. This, this passage of God's promise that if you are called out, if you are separate from the world, if you step into relationship with me and not in relationship with the world and its deception, then you will experience this new life. And that's why Paul says to, be, to, to not be unequally yoked. That's a term that sounds strange to us, but yoked is, uh, is it, was, it, it meant to have this harness on your, your animal. When you were plowing your fields, you would yoke two animals together. And, uh, and one of the old laws, one of the Mosaic laws was do not plow your field with an ox and a donkey yoked together. Now, common sense tells us that we shouldn't do something like this. I mean, you can see right there how problematic that would be. 
First of all, they're not even looking in the same direction. The world looks very different to an ox than it does to a donkey. Just like the world looks very different to a believer than it does to a non-believer. Both animals can have different ideas of where they need to go. And they can pull each other off in one direction or the other. And that's why it's so important, Paul says, not to be unequally yoked. Meaning, do not uh, um, be pulled away by bad influences. Do not hitch yourself to people who are going to pull you away from the truth to which you are called. Do not be unequally yoked because if, if, if something is pulling you in the opposite direction of where God is calling you, then it's just going to be chaos. You're going to go off in the wrong direction. You will never be able to actually aim for holiness and walk the path that God has laid out before you. And holiness is our goal. But we can never experience it if we are chameleons. If we are people that are always ready to adapt and change to our environment. Chameleons are beautiful creatures. There you see a green one. But if you were to Google chameleon, you would see all kinds of different colors. Because depending on where they are, they change what they look like. We are not called to do that. We are not called to be unequally yoked where others can pull us away from the truth. Others can pull us away from the will of God. And we are certainly not called to change who we are based on who we are around. Now, I say all this, but I want to make something clear. Being different from the world, being separate, being called into holiness does not mean that we isolate ourselves. It does not mean that we create this, this, this echo chamber, this, this bubble of faith where we only talk to people who agree with us. We only associate with people who are, who are like us. That's not what this means. As it is said, we are to be in the world, but not of it. We are to be a part of the world to which God placed us in, but we are not to let the world influence us. We instead are supposed to be following Jesus, not the world. We can't do that if we are living in isolation in our own comfort zone. Uh, we have this tradition the day after Christmas, we always watch The Sound of Music. It's a, it's a great movie, but there's this one part. If you know that movie, you know that, that Maria, at one point in the movie, she gets distressed, discouraged, and she runs away uh, from the Von Trapp family and goes back to the convent where she came from. And, uh, and, and the, the leader, the, the mother there, the convent tells her, this convent is not a place for you to run away from your problems. And sometimes we do that with each other, even with our families, with our church. Sometimes we think of it as a place to run away from the world and just let's just get here and, and just deny that the world is even out there. Let's just live here and, and be comfortable with each other. That's not what we're being called to do here. To be separate from the world means that on the inside, we are separated. We are aiming for holiness from the heart. And then we go to be in the world and we live in the world as changed people. There's no better example of that than Jesus himself. Yes, he spent time apart in the wilderness praying and fasting, but after that, he went back into the world and he sat down with tax collectors and sinners and, and prostitutes and he ate with some of the, the vilest people 
He didn't participate in their activities, but he was there with them, showing them what it means to be separated, set apart, holy. And then he expects his disciples to do the same. You see, if we don't do that, the world would never know what a real believer looks like. The world will tell you what you should look like. The world will be okay with you being a believer as long as you don't ever say anything about it because that's your truth and you keep that to yourself. You might even have friends, family members, church members who tell you what your belief should look like, what your behavior should look like if you're a true believer. Yet you have all these expectations that are, that are put on you. But the truth is nobody can really require anything of you except God and his holy word, the word made flesh, which is Jesus. That's the plumb line that we build our lives around. If we try to please each other, if we try to please the world that is lost, we'll never be able to do it. You can't please other people. You can't get caught in the trap of always trying to do that. And that's why it's so important for us to be separate, to be called apart, to follow the truth, God's truth, and not the world's deception. Because anything else we follow, we're going to be like a wave tossed to and fro. There's going to be a new version of truth every day for us to, to adhere to. And no matter what it is, it's going to make somebody mad. There's an old fable, Aesop's fable, about the miller and his son and their donkey. And they were going to town, and, uh, and they had their donkey walking alongside them. And people started laughing at him, saying, this is so ridiculous. You've got a perfectly good donkey, and neither one of y'all are riding it. So the miller thought, okay. That's, that's true. Let me put my son up here. Puts his son on the donkey. They go a little bit further, and, and people start seeing them and saying to the boy, you ought to be ashamed making your poor old dad walk next to you while you ride up there on that donkey. So the boy climbs down, and the man gets up there. And they go a little bit further, and everybody says, what kind of lazy father are you making your child walk next to the donkey while you ride it? So the miller said, the only thing I can do that's going to make everybody happy is if me and the boy both ride the donkey together. So he picks up his son, puts him up there, and they ride the donkey together. And it's not very far they make it before the crowd starts saying, that poor donkey. <laughs> no matter what we do, we will never be able to please the masses. We can't. We cannot please the world. We cannot please the demands of our friends, our, our family. And we, we cannot please the expectations of other people because there will always be expectations imposed that go contrary to what God has outlined for us. And so again, it's like, it's like I shared with the kids. If we are going to order our lives according to God's call, if we are going to be the church God calls us to be, if we are going to live as the people God wants us to be, there is a plumb line. There is a truth that we have to build our lives around. And the world is not going to tell you how it goes. We can only find that plumb line through our relationship with God and through Jesus Christ. The world will know that we are different because of our inner journey, because of what happens in our heart. And an unbelieving world that 
changes what they idolize and what they believe constantly will recognize that the true follower of Christ does not idolize what the world idolizes. The true follower of Christ looks to God and seeks to serve God alone. But that doesn't mean that we retreat from the world and we isolate ourselves into a comfort zone. We must be like Jesus, ready to live out our faith in front of, in sight of, and in the midst of secular culture. Separation of the heart, the call of holiness, is inward, not outward. We are in the world, but not of it. And separation does not mean isolation. It means sanctification. It means God's grace is at work within us, tweaking us little by little. We're not going to be perfected right off the bat. But we listen to God. We listen to his voice. We listen for, for his direction. And that sanctification goes to work within us to move us on to become the people that he is calling us to be in this world. Please pray with me. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers as we confess right now that we buy into whims and philosophies and deceits that are peddled all around us. We have the tendency, Lord, to care about what the world thinks sometimes. And really, all that we should be concerned with is what you are calling us into. Lord, it can be confusing to live in this world when we have competing ideas of truths, when we have so many controversies at every turn, when we have so many opportunities for division. Lord, we ask that you would drop that plumb line for us and help us to see it. Grant us the grace to see it so that we can build our lives around you, around your will, around your call on our hearts and on our lives. Allow us to be, to be shaped and fashioned into the people you long for us to be. Let us look to Jesus, Lord, to see how he lived his life and let our lives be lived like his so that we may be ordered according to your call and we may be sanctified according to your perfect grace. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in to our podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and check us out online at piercechapel.com. And now may you know the peace, the power, and the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Go to love. Go to serve. Go in peace. Amen.